Live by faith. May your faith truly be a dependence lived on your God. May our worship be lit up as we celebrate the God who is not keeping himself secret, but he's making himself clear. Church, we're glad you guys are here celebrating, worshiping with us today. A special welcome to those joining us online. Uh, good morning to you. Uh, welcome. Join us in worship today, whether you're on your couch, whether uh, you're at your coffee table in the morning, just worship right where you are. If you're in the room, why don't we stand to our feet today as we praise and worship. Please be 
give life you are love you bring light to the darkness you give hope you restore every heart that is broken and great are you Lord it's your breath is not lost so we pour out our praise we pour out our praise it's your breath is not lost so we pour out
praise of our hearts today. With hands lifted in the air, Lord, with our pride and our sin and our shame laid before you, we as your people, we worship you, Lord, because you are worthy, you are mighty, and you are a holy God. God who sent his son to die on the cross for sinners. To die on the cross for you and for me and for your family. You are mighty. And we are in awe of you, God. May you be praised in this place. May you be praised by your people today, Lord. We love you and we worship you, and it's in your holy, mighty, and precious name that we pray as your people. And all God's people said, amen. Love worshiping with you, church. Let's take a second right here. Just greet somebody around you. Tell them a good morning. Welcome again, Summit Point Church. I am Mitch Tucker. I'm the high school pastor here on behalf of Pastor Tim and the rest of the staff and elders. We are thrilled to gather here today to lift high the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Amen. So whether you're at home, you're online, you're here in person, again, we are thrilled. So um, right now, but the best thing to do is to get on, that, on your phone to uh, to, uh, to bring up that, that church app and to fill out our friendship register. Please take some time, even while I'm speaking right now, to let us know that you are, you are here worshiping with us today. And before you click that submit button at the very uh, bottom of that, that friendship register, right above that is a, an opportunity for, uh, for you to let us know what's going on. What can we be, be uh, uh, lifting up to the Lord? How can we uh, storm the, the throne of grace confidently all right, that our, our Lord hears all of our prayers. He answers them in his way and in his timing. So please take some time, write uh, um, maybe some praises or some, some requests, things that are going on in your life right now that we can, we can lift high um, in, in, in prayer. Well, I just have one announcement here today, uh, but it's a big one. You could probably argue that the, uh, the biggest thing that we have as a church is coming up in about a week from tomorrow. And that is our VBS week uh, that we are so excited about. We've been planning this for several, several months, um, ready to, to learn what, what does it mean to, to break out, break out of our, our sin, to break out of our, our struggles, to, to, to just give everything right in our lives to our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's going to be a powerful and awesome time for our kindergarten through sixth graders. Here's a few things. As we're, uh, we're kind of on this coming week is, is VBS Eve. And it's going to take a, a whole week to, to get all of the kind of our, our final details ready. And some of that depends upon you, right? I've been told that if you're, uh, if you're volunteering and you still have not registered that you're volunteering, that you better do so today. You better do so today because you might not be guaranteed your, uh, your actual t-shirt size, right? I'm a little bit of a, of a bigger guy. You don't want to be stuck with like a size small, all right? Being able to breathe is going to be key, all right, for those four days of, of VBS. So if you're a volunteer, please register today. I uh, want to make sure that you have your t-shirt size that actually fits you. 
but also your kids, kindergartners through sixth graders. If you, if you haven't pre-registered your, your kids yet, please do so today. It's going to make things run a whole lot smoother on that, that first night. Um, but we are we're ready. We are ready to welcome in hundreds and hundreds of kids in this room, in this facility, and just, just outside our doors here, and to lift high the name of, of Jesus Christ. And we're, we're ready. We're ready to listen to the Lord and just watch Him move powerfully all right, for that week. So um, please be praying. Please be praying for, uh, for uh, the week of BBS and do whatever it is that we, we need to do to get ready uh, for that. You as an as, as individual, as a family, and We'll, uh, we'll be praying as a, as a staff as well. Well, one other area of life that we want to lift high in the name of Jesus Christ is, is also in our giving as well. So there's several ways that you can do so. You can always mail in a check or we have an online giving function. If you're here in person and you have a check to, uh, to drop in a basket, you will, you'll have an opportunity at the very end as you're walking out any of the doors today. Well, let's, let's just bring this, uh, this service completely to the Lord. Let's, let's give him all the glory. Let's pray to him right now. Would you pray with me, church? Father God, we run, Lord, we run to you. Lord, because you are unlike anyone else. And Lord, you're in charge. You are holy. You're perfect. And Lord, we are still stunned that a holy God would desire a relationship with a sinful person. But Lord, you showed us what love is by sending your one and only son, Jesus Christ, to, to die in our place to take the penalty of our sins and to die on a cross and then to forever defeat our sin and our death as then he rose from the dead, proving that he is God. Lord, we pray for VBS week. Lord, we pray that that is just a powerful time where it it is just clear, Lord, that we're lifting high the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for transformation, the transformation that that only you can bring forgiveness of sins that only you can bring, that is only found in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for, for Pastor Mark today. Lord, as, as you've prepared a, a word through him, Lord, I pray that you would use him as, as your servant to communicate your truth today. Lord, that we would leave transformed by your grace, by your plan. Lord, that we would leave more confident all right, in you. Lord, that you would add to our faith here today. Lord, that we will leave changed. Lord, we thank you for, for blessing us. And Lord, we pray for, uh, for our giving today. Lord, that we would use this right, to lift high who you are in this place and in this world. So Lord, this, this service, this day, Lord, it is, is all yours. Lord, we want to follow you as you lead, as you guide. So Lord, in humility, we put ourselves underneath you. Lord, teach us. Lord, we follow you. Lord, we love you, but it's only because you loved us first. And it's in Jesus' precious and powerful name we pray. Amen.
God, we do, we run to you. We thank you, Lord, that your arms are open wide. Thank you for the way that you love us. Thank you for the way that you care for us. Father, we come to you this morning and we're grateful for the opportunity to be able to open up your word. We're thankful for Jesus Christ, our Savior. We're grateful for the Holy Spirit that lives within us. God, you have come so close to live within us, God. We worship you. We praise you. May you be exalted. God, this is all about you. And we lift our eyes to the heavens and we pray that the name of Jesus Christ would be exalted. And we pray, God, that you would teach us, that you would grow us today, that we would be strengthened in our faith. I pray that you would use me to be able to communicate uh, your truth, which is living and active. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's a privilege to share God's word with you today. My name is Mark Schuler. I'm the pastor of adult ministries here at Summit Point. And uh, why don't I just encourage you to open up to Genesis 18. Go ahead and turn there, Genesis 18. And as you're getting there, uh, let me start with this. A few weeks back, we were in the book of Habakkuk. And uh, in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, if you remember, there's a verse there that says, the righteous shall live by faith. And that really is kind of a springboard to our new series here that we've been in called Live by Faith. And in this series, we've been looking at some Old Testament examples of those who lived uh, by faith in God. And so last week we looked at Abraham. Pastor Tim preached on Abraham's faith. And now uh, today we're going to look at Abraham's wife, Sarah, and uh, we're going to look at her faith. So the title of the message is called A Faith to Trust. So go ahead and get to Genesis 18. That's where we're going to start. And if you're taking notes, here's our first point. Uh, Worship your God and place your heart humbly under his knowledge, power, and love. So, as I started to do some prep on this, as I started to do some prep on Sarah, God reminded me, and I wanted to share this with you from the very start, that this story and this message today is not ultimately about Sarah, it's about God. Amen? Sarah, yes, is important for sure. She's a part of the story But this is about what God did. Uh, Yes, Sarah has faith in God, but this isn't a story of how incredibly trusting Sarah is. It's a story about how incredibly trustworthy God is. This, the church, this is not a story of how uh, Sarah never wavered in her faith, like, look how perfect she is. No, this is a story about how God never wavers in keeping his promises, like, look how perfect he is. And will always be. Okay, so in order for us to understand what's going on here in Genesis 18, I need to give you a brief summary of what God has already done before we even get there so this all makes sense. So you don't need to turn there, but I'm going to start in Genesis 11 because this is the first mention of Abram and Sarai. God would later change their names to Abraham and Sarah, right? Abraham meaning father of a multitude and Sarah meaning mother of nations. And that really is a God thing. Because in Genesis chapter 11, in verse 30, it says that Abraham and Sarah, they got married. And then the next thing it says is that Sarah was barren. She had no child. You notice how it says that twice for dramatic effect. 
Sarah was barren. She had no child. This kind of sets up the story of the miraculous. All right, this sets it all up. Like Sarah is barren. She had no child. Dun, dun, dun. What is going to happen here? Right? That's what's going on. The Bible wants us to know right away that what's going to happen here is unmistakably God. All right, so I'm going to give you the summary. Are you ready? Are you with me? All right, kind of buckle up here. I'm going to give this to you fast. We're going to cover 25 years of their life, all right? This is not an easy job, but I'm going to give it to you. All right, Genesis 12. It's where we were last week. Abraham is 75. Sarah is 65. This is where their biblical account starts. I wonder how old you are. Abraham 75, Sarah 65, this is where their biblical account starts. This is kind of more of a retirement age than let's start a family age. But it's here that God introduces the Abrahamic covenant that Abraham and Sarah are going to have a child. And God promises, we saw this last week in Genesis 12 too, God says, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great, Abraham so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you, catch this, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God's promising a family here. So if you fast forward to chapter 15, uh, God formalizes this covenant now. So Genesis 15, 18 says, on that day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying to your offspring, Abraham, I will give this land. God keeps his promises, amen? God makes the covenant. He's promising a family. This will be a great nation coming from the lineage of Abraham and Sarah. But if you know the story, Abraham and Sarah are getting older and they're kind of getting restless. So by the time you hit Genesis 16, all right, 11 years have gone by. That's a long time. 11 years. Abraham is now 86. Sarah is 76. Listen, no children yet. Sarah's losing heart. She's barren. She has no kids. She makes a decision here for God. And she decides here that God has prevented her from having kids. And really he has for now. God has a different timing in all of this. But he's going to come through. He keeps his promises, but Sarah doesn't believe the promise, so she comes up with an idea for Abraham to take another wife and to have children with her. Everybody say bad plan. Very bad plan. But it's hard to wait, isn't it? Especially when you wrongly believe that you're the problem. But Abraham does it. This is bad leadership, right? He takes Hagar to be his wife. They have a son named Ishmael. Genesis 17, 13 years later, between Genesis 16 and 17, there's 13 years go by, Ishmael is 13. Abraham's 99, Sarah is 89, Sarah is still barren, no child. God comes, he reaffirms this covenant with Abraham, and he says to Abraham now, and he gives him further detail, he says, next year at this time, Abraham, you and Sarah, it's happening, you're going to have a son. I know what you did, but I keep my promises. Next year at this time, you're going to have a son. And through him, the son that you have with Sarah, not Ishmael, through him will be my everlasting covenant. I will be your God. 
I will be his God. I will dwell with you. I will dwell with him. From this son and your descendants will come the nation of Israel. From him, listen, kings will come. And through this line, church, this is so awesome. We see the outpouring of God's redemptive plan. Because church, as you follow this line, listen, spoiler alert. Through Abraham and Isaac, his son, and Jacob, that line leads all the way to King David. That lineage keeps going through King David all the way to the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Here's another way to say it. Abraham's son that God is promising here with Sarah, that line would continue all the way to God's son, Jesus Christ. Don't you love the Bible? It is so awesome. That's why in Matthew, when Matthew opens up this awesome gospel, he starts out Matthew 1.1. What does it say? The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. It's so amazing. Everybody say, God has a plan. God has a timing. Say that. One more time. God keeps his promises. Abraham doesn't understand it all yet. He's just trusting God one day at a time, just like we do. God's unfolding this plan. So back to Genesis 17, he says, Abraham, you're going to have a son with with Sarah next year. Abraham actually falls down on his face and laughs. He's like, really? Are you serious? He laughs. He's like, God, I'm going to be 100. Sarah's going to be 90, really? A son now? And God says, yes, and call his name Isaac, which means, I love this, he laughs. Call his name, he laughs. Call his name Isaac. I think God has a sense of humor, don't you? I mean, this is great. Genesis 18. That's the chapter I had you open to. Now, I needed to give you all that history for all this to make sense of what we're going to see here. All of that is a huge deal. Genesis 18. Three men show up at Abraham and Sarah's house. All right, these are no ordinary men. Two of them are angels, and actually one of them is God himself appearing in human form. This is going to be awesome. Can you imagine? Put yourself in the story. Abraham spots them. He runs over. He urges them, please stay for a meal. Sarah, guess who's coming to dinner? Might want to get out the nice plates, right? This is quite a dinner party. And I wonder, I was thinking about this, who's the most important person you've ever had over for a meal? Sarah doesn't know it yet, but she's hosting two angels and the Lord himself. She cooks, they eat, and here we go. Church, God is so good and so personal. He's so good. He's so personal. I hope you know that. God had met with Abraham through the years like I showed you, right? Abraham believes God now for his promise and his plan. It's time to make a visit to Sarah. God is seeking Sarah out here. How do I know? Look in your Bible, uh, Genesis 18, verse 9. They said to him, where is Sarah? Where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, she's in the tent. God knows where Sarah is. God wants Sarah to know where he is, right here. 
And so verse 10, it says, the Lord said, really important. Go ahead and circle that. I got that one circled in my Bible. The Lord said, this is God speaking. This is God dropping by the house on a normal afternoon. In his immeasurable love and constant grace, he goes to Sarah to assure her of this plan with Isaac. Both her and Abraham were chosen for a special purpose, both of them. God wants Sarah to know it. And so God says in verse 10, the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. So you get the picture. God says this to Abraham, knows that Sarah's right there. She overhears it. It's so exciting, right? This is amazing. God's plan is finally here. Sarah must be so excited. Well, look at verse 11. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. Verse 12, so Sarah laughed to herself, saying, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, that's a, that's a respectful term for Abraham, her husband, um, after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? She laughs. She overhears it and laughs, but it's, it's inward. So inwardly, it's like, ha, sure, <laughs> right. It's all happening inside. The doubt, the unbelief, the skepticism is all happening in her own heart as she overhears the conversation with God and Abraham. She silently laughs. She basically says inward, yeah, sure, I'm too old. I'm too worn out. Maybe years ago, not anymore. I'm almost 90 years old. No way. My body doesn't work that way anymore. I don't think so. This was a joke. And think of how she feels. 25 years have gone by since Genesis 12 and God's introduction to them of what his plans and promises were. She's about 90. She has no kids. It didn't work. Why get her hopes up? She doesn't understand it. It doesn't make sense. And listen, how would you feel if a total stranger showed up at your house, had dinner, and said, you're going to have a kid at 90? You may kick him out of the house. She laughs. We could hardly blame her. Abraham does too in Genesis 17. But listen, the one time Sarah meets God that we see in the scripture, the one time she meets God, she kind of laughs in his face. You ever wish you could go back and do something over? But here's the beautiful thing about God. I love this so much about God. He's so patient. He's so, he's so gentle. He's so kind. He's so loving. Even as we wrestle with our doubts and our confusion, he treats us as beloved children. He is the perfect father. God responds, how? But with a tender question. And really repeats the thoughts of her mind so, so she would know. Verse 13, the Lord said, if you feel comfortable there, circle that one too in your Bible. The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? He responds, why did she laugh and say this? Shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? Right here, Sarah must know it's the Lord. Who else would know her innermost doubts and thoughts? Listen, God knows everything about you. He knows everything about you. 
and he loves you. Far from scolding Sarah here, God assures her with this awesome statement of who he is. Look at verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Right? It's like, why did Sarah respond this way and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And the answer, church, is no. God is God. With God, all things are possible. So God goes ahead and he repeats the plan in verse 14. He's like, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for me? And he repeats it. At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. Sarah's listening. She's now afraid. Look at verse 15. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, no, but you did laugh. (laughs) She, She knows she's in the presence of God. How would you feel? She kind of laughed in unbelief. She now knows she's in God's presence. She denies it, and God gently reminds her, no, yeah, I did. You did. Aren't you glad that even when you doubt and struggle, that God still keeps his promises? Man, I'm so thankful for that. He's so faithful. Here's the lesson for Abraham and Sarah and for all of us, that nothing is too hard for the Lord that nothing is too hard for the Lord. Look, God wanted, I wrote this down, God wanted the birth of Isaac to be an undeniable miracle. Nobody else gets the credit for this. God himself alone. He wanted it to be impossible for Sarah so that everyone would know that Abraham and Sarah worship the God of the impossible. And, And in doing it this way, God stretches the faith of Abraham and Sarah so that they learn this lesson that nothing is too hard for the Lord. Church, worship this God. Place your heart humbly under his knowledge, his power, his love. There's nothing that's too hard for him. God has a plan. God keeps his promises, and God has all the power to carry it out. Sarah should have looked at the power of God and not on her impossible circumstances. In fact, I've heard this said before, that for every look you take at your circumstances, take 10 looks at Christ. And that's really helped me. For every look you take at your circumstances, take 10 looks at Christ. Church, as believers, we need to view all of life through God's character and God's promises in his word. Look, he will never change. His word will never fail. He will never change. His word will never fail. In fact, in our house, we have this illustration that we use. It's called the frame. Go ahead and put that up. I want to have you guys take a look at this. This little illustration we use in our home called the frame. We got a graphic there. The idea is, as you're kind of taking a look at that, the idea is we try to take each thought captive to the truth of God's word, and all of our circumstances, we try to run through the frame, the lens, the frame there of God's perfect character. So you can see the thoughts and the circumstances. So whatever enters into my mind and enters into my life, I view it through the lens or the frame of who God is and what God has said. So I frame everything then through, right, the fact that God, you could put any attribute in here of God that you want. 
Here's the ones that we use. That God is all-powerful. Seeing that right here in the text. That God is all-wise. That he has all the wisdom. That God is all-loving. Completely and perfect in his love. And that God is always purposeful. Right? Those are really important to be able to understand and to run our life through. So we view life through who God is and what God says in his word. And I don't know about you, but so Stacy and I have the freedom to say to each other when we're struggling, because I can struggle in my thoughts. I can struggle when I look at my circumstances. So we have the freedom to be able to say to each other, it sounds like you need to frame that. It sounds like you need to frame it. That's what Sarah needed to do right here in Genesis 18. She needed to frame it. So let me ask you, what's going on in your life right now that would seem too hard for God? Maybe I could ask you this way, what thoughts or circumstances do you need to frame in your life? Another way to say it would be this, like what promises do you need to trust God for, all right? What's going on in your life that would seem too hard for God? What thoughts or circumstances should you run through the frame? And what promises in God's word right now do you need to trust God for? And I believe God is working right now through the powerful spirit of God speaking to us. And so just jot it down, whatever it is that God is saying there. Point one, worship your God and place your heart humbly under his knowledge, power, and love. Here's point number two, uh, celebrate God's blessings in your life, no matter how small or how large. Celebrate God's blessings in your life, no matter how small or large. So go ahead and flip over to Genesis 21. Genesis 21, this, this chapter highlights the birth of Isaac and God, the fulfillment, really, of God's plan and promise that we have looked at. So we're going to look at Genesis 1, uh, 21, 1 to 7 on the second point. And um, here's the first thing it says. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, I underlined that, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised, I underlined that. God visits Sarah. He visits her as he said. He does as he had promised. Everybody say, that's my God. That's my God. Promise keeper, miracle worker. It goes on to say, and Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. I love this. Look back at verse six. This is Sarah now speaking after the birth of Isaac. And she says, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears it will laugh over me. Who made laughter for her? God did. God did this. And this is so cool. This really is a tale of two laughters. 
It's not like Sarah has never laughed before in her life. It's not like this is the first time. But this is different because you remember back in Genesis 18, she laughs in unbelief and maybe even some bitterness in her heart because she was barren. There's unbelief, there's doubt. But in Genesis 21 here, she laughs again. And she laughs with wonder and awe and joy because of God. And because of God's grace, we can laugh with wonder and awe. Listen, joy can fill our lives as we celebrate him, the God of the impossible. And I was thinking about this. All who hear the laugh then get to hear the testimony of this amazing God. All who hear the laugh get to hear the testimony. Don't you think people asked her? Don't you think people inquired of it? We're reading about it still today in God's word that he preserves. Don't you think when Sarah walked around at 90 with a baby on her hip, all right, get the picture, people were like, Grandma, right? Nope. <laughs> Let me tell you the story. And she laughs with awe and wonder and joy, and everybody begins to hear. And I don't know about you, but I love this. I love that God names their son Isaac. Remember, Isaac means he laughs. I love this because now every time they call their son, every time they call him by name, come here, Isaac. Good morning, Isaac. Hello, Isaac. How you doing, Isaac? Every time they call his name, they get to remember what his name means. And they remember that God did this. That God changed their laughter. He changed their laughter from doubt and unbelief to awe and wonder and joy. We celebrate God and his blessings. We celebrate him no matter how small or large the package he sends them in. Look at verse 7 to close here. And she said... Again, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? You, you can hear the awe and the wonder. Who would have said this, right? That's the point. Who, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? That's the point. To the human eye, Sarah's kind of old for this mom of a newborn thing, right? But God did this on purpose. He did this his way to show that this is from him, that this is God's doing, that this is miraculous, and God's word always comes to pass. And God never fails to keep his promises, never. And so verse 7 finishes with the statement of the promise fulfilled all the way back from Genesis 12 all these years later, right? It's all fulfilled here now. God did it. And it says, yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Who would have thought, Sarah says, God did it. And I bore him a son in his old age. God waited until their old age. He withheld from them a child, and then he gave him a child. And God did this in his timing to accomplish his plans, his purposes, and he fulfilled his promises so that no one else would take the credit for this. And remember, like I said earlier, the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob would go through King David all the way to Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. 
Unbelievable. Everybody say, God is awesome. God is awesome. So, God waited because God was up to something, and God was up to something good. So, pause. Think about this for your life. God waited because God was up to something, and God was up to something good. Celebrate God. Celebrate Him and the blessings that He brings into your life, both small and large. And I want to show you something here before I close this and how awesome God is. I want to, I want to tie something together for you that I thought was really great in studying it this week. Listen, Sarah and Mary, the mother of Jesus, okay, Sarah is barren and past age, and from Abraham, God gives Isaac in a miraculous way. Mary is young and a virgin, and through the Holy Spirit, God gives Jesus in a miraculous way. To Sarah, God says, you remember back in 18, to Sarah, God says, is anything too hard for the Lord? You will have a son. To Mary, the angel says, for nothing will be impossible with God, you will have a son. And in both cases, it was overwhelmingly clear that God gave them sons. And listen, one of the sons, Isaac, would be the son of the father of a great nation. And the other son, Jesus Christ, would be the savior of all of the nations. We celebrate him. God has a plan. God keeps his promises. God is in control. Celebrate and worship God. He is awesome. So let me close with this. We saw this last week. We see it again. You're going to see it each week as we study these Old Testament examples. Is this, Sarah's a real person. There's times she had great faith. There's times she had real doubt in her life. There's times she made great decisions. There's times where she made very poor decisions, just like all of us. But let me ask you, as we look into her life and as we look into God impacting her life, how will Sarah's example help you the next time you encounter a situation that you believe to be impossible? It's cool to see You don't have to turn there, but in Hebrews 11, kind of the hall of fame of faith, Sarah is even lifted up. In Hebrews 11, she's mentioned. Hebrews 11, 11, it says, By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. She considered him faithful who had promised. And so let me say this again. Aren't you glad? that God is faithful even if at times we're not? Aren't you glad that God keeps his promises even if at times we don't? Aren't you glad that nothing is too hard for the Lord? Trust him. Trust him. God is completely trustworthy. God is to be wholeheartedly celebrated. What is it that's in your life right now happening that seems like such a mountain, 
that seems so difficult, that seems really to the human eye impossible. Just surrender that over to God. Surrender that. Ask for God's wisdom. Ask Him what He would do in that. Ask Him for His plan, for His promises to be seen in your life through all this, right? God is completely trustworthy, and God is to be wholeheartedly celebrated. Let's pray together. Father, we would just, uh, we would just lift up praise to you this morning. And God, we recognize that you are a holy God. You are holy, holy, holy. We thank you, God, that you are so patient with us. God, we thank you that you are gracious, that you give a greater grace. Thank you for the way that you care for us. You are so loving, God. Thank you that you did love us first, that you created us, that you chased after us that you made us one of your own, that you bought us back by the blood of Christ, that we could be sons and daughters and enter into your family as your adopted kids. Thank you for the ways that you're always purposeful in our life. God, sometimes it doesn't seem like that. Sometimes we walk through life and it just seems in our own doubts that somehow we've been forsaken. But it's in those moments, God, that we do run back to your word that never fails. We look at your character and we're reminded that you said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. That, that the righteous shall never be forsaken. That I'll be with you always. I thank you, God, that you have a plan. I thank you, God, that you keep your promises, God. I waver so much, Lord, in keeping mine and you never fail. You always perfectly keep your promises. You have a plan for our lives. You've not left us. You walk with us. You are the God who has come close. Help us, God, to trust you. I pray that, God, that you would help us to trust you, to wait on you by faith, to continue to cry out to you, to seek your wisdom, to seek your direction to seek you, that we have you. And God, I just ask for myself and each person here that we would believe in your awesome character and that, God, we would rest in your faithful promises. We lift all this up to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Church, I want to go into a time of communion here together. And uh, what a great day. Uh, to celebrate our faith. What a great day to celebrate God. What a great day to celebrate the salvation that we have through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. God had a plan. God carried it out. Jesus died in our place and rose again. He's ruling and reigning. And so you should have a cup there of bread and juice. And if you're at home on the live stream, this would be a great time if you haven't yet to, to run and grab those elements now. If you're with us today here live, then this cup and this bread, it's gluten-free, so everybody can participate in this. And I want to make sure we understand what communion is. This church is a symbol. 
It's a time to remember. It's a time to repent. And it's a time to celebrate our salvation and forgiveness in Christ. It's a time to remember what Christ did as he offered his body to be broken, his blood to be spilled for you and for me. And for those who trust in Jesus Christ, this is for us as the family of God, for you, for me, for everybody who's put their faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. If, if you've not made that decision, then just take some time today to pause and reflect on that, on all that God has done. And maybe for the first time you would admit that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, that you would believe on Jesus Christ, God himself, the only one, the only name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved, the one who died in your place, the one who loves you, the one who extends his arms to you even now, and that you would commit your life to him. So we remember, we repent, we celebrate. Let's go to a time of prayer now and do that. And let's start with a big thanks and praise to God and for the salvation that we have. Go ahead and just pray now to yourself and just give thanks to God. we thank you. We praise you. You are almighty God. You are powerful. You are loving. You are wise. You are purposeful. You are God and there is no other. Now go to a time of just confession. Just lay it before God. What needs to go? What sin? What happened this week? What happened this morning? Whatever it is, lay it before God. Just ask for God's forgiveness. He's so faithful to forgive. back to a time of praise now as you lay it all before him and celebrate him, the God who has saved us, the God who has delivered us. Just praise him that God is the miracle worker, that he is the promise keeper, that he has a plan, and that Christ came for us. time, is there anything left that needs to go? Anything else that you need to confess today that you need to lay before God? 
Bible says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. God is here. Just lay it before him. He's so tender and patient and loving and forgiving. Lord, you are our Savior, you are our King, you are our Redeemer. You loved us, you bought us back. We are yours, we celebrate you. Thank you, God, that you had a plan. Thank you, God, that we are a part of that plan. Thank you that nothing is too hard for you. Nothing will be impossible with the Lord. Thank you for the way that you love us, for the way that you forgive us. Thank you that your arms are open. Thank you that we can be cleansed of our sin. We worship you, oh God. We praise you today. We thank you for the sacrifice that you have made for us. We remember the cross. We remember the death of Christ. And we remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, death, where is your sting? You did it all, Jesus. We remember and we celebrate. We worship you today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We'll go ahead and take the bread now. And in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul said, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We remember. Take the bread. Thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken for us. Verse 25, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, the cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. We remember. Let's take the cup. Verse 26 says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We proclaim it, amen. We celebrate him, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. God, we thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for this beautiful remembrance that we have as we remember the cross of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, that you suffered once for all, that you would bring us to God, the righteous for the unrighteous. Thank you that we can have complete forgiveness, that all of the record of Jesus Christ is placed on us because of faith. All of our sin was placed on you. All of your righteousness was placed on us. We don't have to work for it. We cannot earn it. It is a free gift given to us. We have the perfect record of Jesus Christ on us through our faith. We worship you, God. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, why don't we stand to our feet here?
Well, as you go out this week, worship your God. 
place your heart humbly under his power, under his wisdom, under his love. Whatever you're going through, what thoughts come in, what circumstances are around, frame it, run it through the grid of God's perfect character, of God's unfailing word, and celebrate this God. All the blessings that we have through Christ, we celebrate him. We'll see you next Sunday. Have a great week. 